0: Wind up at his first offering.
1: Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a
0: home run. Oh my Six God! Deep to right field, way up there. Oh my. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the
1: payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. It is Tuesday, May second. Brendan Glasheen, your host, joined by Anthony DeBundo once again, and the triumphant return of Sean Zerillo. Zerillo back on the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe Payoff Pitch. We greatly appreciate your listenership. Also, a reminder, we are live Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the season. 15-game slate. Everyone's in action on this Tuesday. There's a a star player returning tonight. I know Dubundo wants to touch on that. But we're going to go to Zerillo first. Sean, hi. Opening pitch, back up. Actionnetwork.com, Action Network app. Zerillo breaks down uh, his projections, his picks, for uh, today's slate. So that's that made me happy to pop that open this morning and see that that's back up.
2: Uh, what do you got for us for our best bet today? Good card for underdogs today. Bunch that I liked. Had a difficult time deciding which I liked for a best bet. But I'm going to go with the first game on the board, the Tigers and the Mets. And I like the Tigers in both halves here. We've talked a bunch this season about the fact that the Tigers not only project better against lefties than righties, but have performed better against lefties and righties for the past two seasons last year they were a league average team against lefties 27 percent below average against righties they have basically carried the same split this year six points below average against lefties 27 percent below against righties so basically the exact same number against right handed pitching last year and this year and closer to average against lefties uh joe lucassey has pitched well for the bats but even though he has an era in the twos his expected era based on the quality of contact the balls and strikes that he's thrown or the the strikeouts and walks that he's generated i should say his expected era is north of five and he's also been far worse against righties than lefties throughout his career about a run worse against righties and the tigers are fully capable of throwing out an all right-handed lineup against them except for probably one bat so i do like the tigers here both has projected them closer to plus 105 plus 110 I like them down to plus 112 for the first five innings and plus 117 for the full game. Plenty of actionability on those lines. It's actually moved against my number since I bet it. So so not sure why it's going the other way. Um, I think the Tigers pretty clear side here based on the offensive splits and being the home team.
1: All right, they're plus 130 at MGM for the full game, plus 120, first five. Tigers, Mets, first game of the night, 640. DeBundo, best bet for Tuesday, please.
3: Yeah, one more comment about Zerillo's thing is that they also had to play two yesterday. So they they used a lot of the bullpen. Uh, and Lucchese has not really been going particularly deep uh, coming back from, you know, getting built up again off injury, uh, off Tommy John. So there is the concern that the Mets' bullpen was heavily used yesterday. They had a bullpen game in game one and then used pretty much all of their high leverage guys in game two. So a lot of bullpen usage for the Mets. And they had to travel job. overnight
2: too. You know, it's that's, that's not an easy day.
3: Exactly, yeah. So I am taking the over eight and a half. There's eight and a half out there. Um, You can also find a nine and even money uh, and up to minus one Oh five on the Cardinals and the angels over. This is all about our classic Cardinals versus a left-handed pitcher split uh, where they project as one of the best offenses in baseball. I know that Nolan Arenado looks like he's been kind of battling some kind of injury and he's probably their best lefty masher in that lineup, but they have a very platoonable group as well. You can put, you know, O'Neill, Arenado, and Goldschmidt in the middle, uh, and and really, you know, hit hit lefties well and see them well. So, uh, I like that matchup for them against Patrick Sandoval, who's kind of an enigma of a pitcher. It's hard to really get a, a strong read on what Sandoval is. Uh, he's consistently, uh, you know, been beating his projections, like his xERA versus his actual ERA. He's been better than that, you know, the last two years. Uh, but the strikeout rate is down pretty considerably this year, and that is definitely a raising some red flags. He's always had some command issues um, and those continue this season, but really it's, this, it's the drop in the strikeout rate for me that has me most concerned about Sandoval because he's putting a lot more balls into play. And on the other side, Steven Matz, I know that the Cardinals have a couple of reclamation projects in this, in the starting rotation with him and Flaherty, but it's just really not working right now. And it feels like uh, they're not really anywhere closer to getting back. Uh, the fastball stuff plus has not really come back on Steven Matz. XCRA over five Uh, the walk rate has been the walks have been a huge problem for him his command has been really poor and the Angels are also excellent against left-handed pitching the Angels bullpen's actually been a surprisingly good unit thus far Uh, I'm a little concerned that's probably not going to last when you look at some of the you know quality of that bullpen Uh, and there could be some regression coming for this Angels
1: bullpen as well so I like the over eight and a half slash nine in the Angels and the Cardinals. Angels team ERA out of the bullpen, three point one three. It's pretty damn good. Yep, that's a that's a top ten clip. That's top eight, number eight in baseball. The Los Angeles Angels bullpen. Which, right, that was not something I thought we would be saying based on what it's early. Bullpen. I mean
3: they're not it's <laughs> early they're, they're not as bad as they were last year. They definitely have a couple more interesting pieces, like Quijada's decent, Jimmy Hargett's hard to hit. Uh, and, and Estevez was a sneaky good signing, but I, yeah, I don't expect them to continue to be a top 10 bullpen. I think they're more around uh, the 15 to 20 ish bullpen. But again, they're hard to project year to year. Like they change a lot.
2: And that's after trading Rice El in the offseason, too. So, I mean, they, they traded away their best reliever. Um, they're doing better. That's an encouraging sign. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Anthony. I think they're due to regress towards a league average or below average bullpen over the rest of the way.
1: All right, let's find out if we're going to fade the public. We didn't do this segment yesterday. We did our April state of Major League Baseball yesterday. So let's find out what the people are betting in MLB Tuesday. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? Twins White Sox is a popular game. 87% of the bets, 98% of the cash coming in on the Twins. We did do a White Sox Minute yesterday. Colin Whitchurch was made aware he wasn't very happy about it. And then 96% of the bets and 94% of the dollars on the Brewers over the Rockies. Rockies continuously get uh get faded. I know, Zarillo, you've picked your spots on when to take Colorado against uh against the favorite and on a nice plus number. We'll go uh give us your twins White Sox angle first if you want to take the White Sox and or the Rockies to fade the public. What do you got?
2: Yeah, I would back the Twins. I would not uh, fade the public with the White Sox, especially today. Joe Ryan in full breakout mode and getting a good matchup against the team who struggles against right-handed pitching. His splitter has been the best splitter in baseball this season in terms of total pitch value. On a per-pitch basis, it's still a top-10 pitch and like a top 33% splitter amongst guys who throw splitters. So Ryan adding that splitter to his arsenal, he's brought his expected ERA down to three. I think he can stay there over the remainder of the season. He looks like the Twins' best pitcher. In terms of, and I'm including Pablo Lopez in that analysis, by the way, I I think Joe Ryan is better than Pablo Lopez. So Joe Ryan, full breakout mode. Uh, Twins' first five up to about minus 170 would be my price target. Michael Kopech is either putting pitches down the middle of the zone and getting crushed or walking the bases loaded. It's been very bizarre for him. His stuff is up. But his location is way down. So, I'm not sure what's going on with Kopek, but he's way out of form. Joe Ryan fully in form at the moment. Um, in terms of the Rockies and the Brewers, uh, we've seen Freddy Peralta pitch pretty well this season for the Brewers. He had a rough last year, was injured, came back, wasn't 100%. Back in form this year, but I also like Ryan Feltner. And Ryan Feltner was a guy who I initially bet against at the start of his major league career because the projections did not like him but the more i've seen him pitch and the more that he has pitched the better his underlying indicators are becoming he can be a back-end number four number five type starter but not a replacement level pitcher somebody who is actually capable of taking the ball and being a slightly you know not slightly above average an average major league pitcher over the course of the whole season even pitching a course field so Ryan Felton, their decent stuff, I would play the Rockies at plus 150 or better. There is one book that is there. The other books are kind of at plus 140, plus 135. So wait for the market to get closer to plus 150 on the Rockies. I think it will get there. We're just going to wait closer to first pitch.
1: All right. Very good. And Ryan has pitched great against formidable lineups, the Yankees a few times, Houston uh, mixed in there. So yes, he's not only been off to a tremendous start, but it's against really good teams.
2: He's confident, too. You know, Um, like Kyle Bradish, I talk about a lot, aggressive with the fastball. Feltner is very confident and will throw the fastball in the zone. He's not a guy who's going to nibble and walk seven guys. He will be pretty aggressive and fearless in terms of getting hit. So, I, I, you know, there's there's starts where he's walked five guys this season, three guys in other starts, but he's not trying to nibble and avoid, you know, damage. He's aggressive with his pitches. So I, I like that bulldog mentality
1: what Nestor Cortez last time out in his appearance against the Yankees head-to-head. DeBundo, Twins getting the love against the White Sox. When We talked about Chicago yesterday. They just beat the Rays to snap a losing skid, and then Brewers getting a lot of attention over the Rockies. What would you like to do? Fade the public or no? Yeah,
3: I bet Minnesota uh yesterday, and still sort of like them. It is getting a little expensive, like Sean mentioned. We talk about Joe Ryan. Uh I think we talked about him last week, Brendan. We bet him uh Cy yeah. Young. That's right. Uh, 30 to one, 40 to one, 40 to one. Uh, I found, I found a 40 back. on him uh, after the good start. Sean mentioned the splitter. There's only uh, there's less than 15 pitchers that have three pitches that register 110 or better by stuff. Plus in starters in all of baseball. Uh, and Joe Ryan is one of them. So, you know, clearly having that third option, he's a very fastball heavy guy to begin with, but has the splitter for the lefties, the slider for the slash sweeper for the righties. Uh, he's been a very effective pitcher. And I think he'll continue to do that. Uh, I like Ryan a lot more than Uh Kopech is first uh, percentile barrel rate. He's been barreled. <laughs> 23% of his batted balls have been barreled, which is uh, very alarming. I don't expect that to continue, but that's over 74 batted ball events. So we're not talking a tiny, tiny sample uh, for a pitcher to have that high of a barrel rate. And that's the reason his XERA is up over nine. So uh, I, I bet the twins and I'm happy to uh, lay the juice there. Uh, and then uh, the other matchup don't have a ton on it. So I will pass on that one. I
2: was going to say with Kopech, typically early in the season, when you see that ERA over seven, the expected ERA, expected metrics are like 4.55. His expected ERA, as Anthony said, is nine. He should be even worse than he's been already. I believe he's given up eight home runs in five starts. It probably could have been more based on where he played the wind. Uh, Kopech has been off, probably been the worst pitcher in baseball to this point in the season.
1: And Zarillo, as you pointed out in opening pitch, you're you're interested potentially in an over in the Minnesota-Chicago game.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's less likely that Kopech comes out and throws a gem than Joe Ryan just has a bad day and has a bad start. Kopech is pitching so poorly right now, if he comes out and throws a shutout, I would be flabbergasted, but especially with the Twins' offensive quality. But you know, Ryan having an off night is certainly feasible, even though he's pitching so well. So I do like the over here, given the fact that I expect a blow up from Copac on a typical night, but just where the line is, I projected this closer to 9.2. So over eight and a half to minus 118 over nine, even money. Both bets for me. Uh, and as we we're, we're going to get to some totals later, but Anthony and I are in the same page as his best bet as well. The over in uh, St. Louis. I'll, I'll give a little, little more analysis on that in a bit.
3: Okay. Very good.
1: Underdogs. Yeah, one
3: that we thing like. about that? We don't know uh the status of Lou Bob, Luis Robert, yes. Robert. Uh he is questionable to play today. That's a huge loss in the middle of that lineup and defensively for the White Sox and center field. They are not a good defensive team, especially in the corner outfield. Uh and so not having Luis, who's excellent in center. Tim Anderson is also expected back today. Uh and Benintendi is questionable. So there's a lot of major question marks about the White Sox lineup and what it's going to look like from a defensive and offensive perspective uh, to, to monitor. And you may see Minnesota take even more money if Lou
2: Bob is out. Lou Bob already not hustling out ground balls. Like, oh, yeah, I don't Sox Sox know if and... that
3: was an energy effort thing or he actually had a ham, a tight uh,
2: hand. Uh, okay, all right. They did we keep him out Sunday, so
3: I don't know what to make of that.
2: Yeah, we, but I mean, this White Sox team in shambles. Romy, Romy Gonzalez still on the Major League roster somehow? Dropped a fly ball yesterday, two days ago. Uh, arguably the worst regular that i've seen get over 20 games in a major league season in my lifetime in my life
1: Luis robert said the reason he didn't hustle hustle out to first base in the white Sox game april 29th which was saturday's because he had a right hamstring issue hmm. He okay. didn't want to tell his manager because he didn't want to miss tonight's game which was yesterday or well, he yeah,
3: they kept him out sunday. sunday so
1: yeah and they go.
3: scored twelve runs, but uh, it was uh, yeah, it's definitely a big loss for them.
1: All right, very good. Uh, this might be a not it's not daily. We're here three days a week, but this might turn into a three times a week White Sox minute uh, bashing. I miss Colin. And Colin not here to defend himself, but I think Colin would be with us on this. So,
2: oh, uh, I mean, it was my favorite one total under for the season, and and I have the receipts of the comments on the Action Network tweets oh. when that was sent out about, oh, this is a terrible bet. The White Sox, you know, didn't underachieve last season. Tony I got the receipts, people. You were Tony all wrong. Wins. This team sucks.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh, the 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 not only the Tony Larusa thing, but uh, somebody I mentioned was like, all you analytics guys all love the under 83 and a half, and yet it hasn't moved. What does that tell you? And I'm like, well, it tells me
2: that the market's wrong. Okay. Yeah, I probably got more pushback on that than other bets. I don't know if it was because, it, you know, the tweet said that it was my best bet, but people, I mean, I got it. Like the roster, the 25-man roster, when fully healthy looked like a playoff team, but there was no chance it was ever going to stay healthy.
1: 8-21, and Chicago White Sox through 29 games. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's go to our favorite underdogs for tonight. Where's my dog? Uh huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? you're looking towards, uh, well, Tabundos on the same game. You're going uh, to San Diego, 940 start, Reds and Padres, Waka Ashcraft, the pitching matchup.
2: Anthony tried to bully me into picking a different underdog because he didn't want to have the same underdog bet. Uh, you know, BJ and I have had good luck this season with consensus underdogs. So we're going to go with consensus underdog play today. Anthony and I both like the Reds first five in full game. A lot of these underdogs we bet do not have a definitive advantage anywhere in the matchup. You can say the Reds have a definitive starting pitching advantage in this game. Oftentimes I'm like favorite has the starting pitching advantage, bullpen advantage, offense advantage, but I like the underdog down to this number. well, We actually get to back the better starting pitcher here. Graham Ashcraft, compared to his teammates, Ladolo Hunter Green, not going to get you nearly as many strikeouts. And the Reds have been a bottom five defensive team for the past three years. They are awful defensively. Remember when they tried to Eugenio Suarez at shortstop? That shit was hilarious. But they're still terrible defensively. And Ashcraft, who has a 55% ground ball rate, is going to continue to get hurt by his defense. The Padres, conversely, better offense, better defense, better base running better position player group better bullpen behind waka but michael waka this year it's expected era about a run and a half higher than what ashcraft is doing i do like the reds quite a bit here the number has moved down but still within range of my price target so plus 134 first five plus 145 full game and then also the under uh even though i'm low on waka temperatures are gonna be in the high 50s here at first pitch in san diego normally 60s 70s nine mile an hour is blowing in from left field is the wind so I made this closer to eight. Would bet the eight and a half to minus 106, but certainly prefer the Reds as the underdog side. Although that's fine, would just bet the Reds.
1: And DeBundo, your underdog play is also an angle on Cincinnati. Same bets. First five, full game. Uh,
3: Michael Waka's fastball is one of the worst in all of baseball so far this season. and uh, I don't really think it's going to be uh, making a comeback. If you look at some of the, the people he's listed around, Austin, a bunch of soft tossing lefties. Austin Gomber, Kyle Freeland, Noah Sindergaard. Uh, those are the fastballs that he's down. Zach Plesak. Uh, So he's in comparison with Luis Sessa. Uh, it's, a, it's a really bad list of people that you want to be named with for fastballs. And uh, it's getting hit much harder this year. His, his peripherals are about the same, strikeout minus walk, uh, to last season when he was a perfectly capable pitcher. But he's just getting hit harder this year. Uh, and I think that, you know, the reason for that, is that his fastball is getting squared up more, and you can see that in the numbers. So the Reds uh, are are very bad, a very bad baseball team. I try not to bet them often. But with Ashcraft, who has one of the best cutters and slash slider combinations in all of baseball, I think it's a good matchup uh, for the Reds. So I took them in both halves. Actually, the Padres took a lot of money last night overnight, and then it's come back down this morning. So uh, definitely some market love for the Reds this morning.
2: You, you said a phrase that I can't bypass. A bunch of soft tossers like Noah Syndergaard. That just that just sent shivers up my spine. I, I can't believe that's how far he has fallen. That we are now grouping him in with guys like Austin Gomer in terms of being soft tossers. Poor the, Noah.
1: <laughs> the uh,
3: Tentamay is down there, too. He's in that group now. He's got the worst fastball.
1: Yeah, like you said, He's Devondo, 93% of the dollars on this game are coming in on Cincinnati. So oh actually I meant to ask you guys this in sort of the recap and Zarello, you may have touched on this last year is there a reason why I I think I might know why but I don't know exactly why when you do first fives do you ever consider run lines first
2: yeah if five? um I, oftentimes if I project a first spot, it's it's when they're close when it's close to pick them so usually if I take make a team like minus 105 and I can get like a plus 115 or plus 120 I can also get like a even money plus a half a run and if i think the wrong team is favored and i can get the plus half a run at a good price i usually take it because it's very likely to end in a tie in the first five innings but i'm getting the plus half on the team that i think should be favored so. but you you would only do it when you get the plus not the minus yeah I, uh i almost always take the plus uh if, if yeah I would say the the times that I'm betting spreads 90% of the time it's taking a plus very rarely. Have I laid the half run with like a huge money line favorite that I just didn't feel like laying the juice that day, but more often than not, I just eat the juice and bet the money line, take the push. Bundo, you
1: have anything to add on that? I was just curious. Cause I know we not particularly, I mean, if it's a extreme,
3: you know, like I'm like a, i like ai think Mason Miller's first start, I took a plus a half against the Cubs. I think it was, um, where you could get like even money on the plus a half, and Oakland first five was like plus one forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a situation where I took the plus a half. I think only in extreme bullpen splits, I'll just probably uh, you know do what Sean does and split the first five full game.
2: I should comment though, like the reason why is that spreads often have a bigger split in terms of the line than money lines do. So we talk about ten cent lines, twenty cent lines, right? So in, in the money line market for a game, the favorite might be minus 140. The underdog might be minus 120. So there's a 20 cent split in the line. But in the spread at the same book, there might be a 30 cent split at the line. The line might be just whatever, you know, whatever game. It might be even money to lay one and a half and minus 130 to get the one and a half. So just in terms of how the books are going to add VIG onto the spread market, Makes it more profitable to bet the money lines because you're just paying less big, big to bet into it.
1: Okay. Very good. I do the same yeah. thing with soccer. Actually, there's a lot of parallels. And for example, today, the Reds plus a half a run is minus 105 at BetMGM. So you're not getting quite plus money, but yeah, close no, to. I wouldn't bet that. Okay. Very good. Let's do so. Reds first five, Reds full game, underdog of the day, they're in alignment, Debundo and Zurillo. Okay, some final bets, as Zarello mentioned, some totals he wants to touch on. Um, one of them in which you are you are on the same side as Debundo with Angels and Cardinals.
2: Yeah, uh both teams project extremely well against left handed pitching. The Cardinals' number one team against lefties last season, number three in 2021, and still project as the best team against lefties this year. Uh Paul Paul Goldschmidt, uh just digging into splits last night. I thought it was funny. So since the start of the 2021 season. Goldschmidt has a 217 WRC plus against lefties. Good Lord. Uh, but they have they have seven guys on their roster who have a WRC plus at least 30% better than league average against lefties. Jordan Walker was also 20% above in his brief sample. And the Angels, who already had uh, Mike Trout, Taylor Ward, who killed lefties, they now added Hunter Renfro, Brandon Jury, Gio Urshula. All of those guys hit lefties very well. So there's a reason why the Angels have performed very well against lefties this season. They added guys who hit lefties well. And even though they struggled against left-handed pitching last season, I actually think they can continue to be a top 10, top five offensive team versus lefties with this roster that they have. Otani also hits lefties very well. So the first five over four and a half minus 125, the full game over nine to even money. Both bets that I like between LA and St. Louis. The Marlins and Braves over seven and a half. I'm continuing to find ways, I guess, to bet against Sandy Alcantara. Sandy, we talked about a lot last season, right? Because he didn't have the walks or strikeout numbers that you would typically associate with a low expected fit. Guys who have strikeout and walk numbers closer to league average are going to generate expected metrics closer to league average. But Sandy generates a ton of weak contact or generated a ton of weak contact ground balls, pop-ups, etc. While well, his ground ball rate is down 10% this year, his pop-up rate is at 0%. He was at 12% last year. He had a really high pop-up rate, especially for a ground ball pitcher. So there were all these free outs that Sandy used to generate, they're not there anymore. His stuff is intact. His swinging strike rate is at the highest point of its career. I don't know what is going on with him. I, re- like, I really don't. There's nothing under the hood that says he should be doing as poorly as he is, but teams are hitting him harder. His strikeout and walk rates are trending in the wrong direction um i'm not a bryce elder guy and bryce elder kind of helps get this one to the over two so sandy being down me viewing him as closer to a number two starter and bryce elder just not being a guy i'm particularly high on i like the overs in both halves in miami um the first five over four you could take to minus 120 the over seven and a half or over eight up to minus 106 is where i would bet the full game over two so i like both of those totals and then I just want to mention the Phillies. The Phillies probably would have been my favorite bet, my favorite underdog bet. The lines moved in closer to where I had them. I like them plus 135, first five, plus 140 full game. Matt Strom has been good to us this season. He's in good form right now. His velocity is starting to dip. The more starts he's taking, which is a bit concerning. And also, even though Bryce Harper is in the middle of the Phillies lineup tonight, did not have a single rehab game. I don't really know how well prepared he is. And coming off of elbow surgery, elbow surgery tommy john surgery uh it's very likely that he sees a power decline for the remainder of the season so kind of projecting harper where he was last year i don't think he's going to be as good as that out of the gate but still see an edge on the phillies so as i said plus 135 first five plus 140 full game if it gets there you can bet it just it's moved down since last night
1: all righty very good and i'm curious when the market might correct itself on sandy alcantara if indeed it does not
2: go well again tonight now he's got gonna... it, ne- it never did last year brandon we we bet sandy throughout the year last year and but he was good last year that's what i'm and saying he, he was good last year but the, you know it was, it was the underlying indicators thing right where i think i think people who factor in the stuff as i mentioned expected 50 you know the under the hood metrics they said he was due to regress and he never did but i kept saying he wasn't going to because of the weak contact stuff well now the weak contact stuff is gone yeah and the metrics are trending in the wrong i mean literally like ground ball rate down 10 percent, fly ball or infield fly ball rate down 12 percent. that's a huge chunk of batted balls that were previously killed by the defense so yeah there's something off um but i i think the reason is that the market was already expecting this and it finally happened, but I don't necessarily think it was justified that they were waiting around for it. So, so you think the market has caught up? You think it's right in terms of yeah, the totals? I, I haven't shown an edge going on or against them all year. I think okay. it's been right. Uh, but I do think the totals uh the totals maybe have been a bit low potentially, because I don't know. I, I you know, I bet a lot oh, of more I ones overs. Though. You're talking, you're talking about money offensively. Maybe it's just about like money something line. like the Marlins where I, I'm too high in their offense. I got you. Um, but it, it's not something I'm betting consistently. It's, it's this there's definitely a reason it's on the sandy start, and there's other sandy starts about overs this year. I got you. No, but you're talking yeah,
3: about- I, I think there's a couple things, right? So I guess my question is the first thing that we have to get to is like, do pitchers. Control Babbitt and how much can they control Babbitt is like the a really big question and and obviously like Sandy was the was an outlier last year and you can make the saying well you know he's probably not going to continue to do that forever uh, and whatnot not 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 he could just be getting unlucky with you know like it's the opposite in this season but I think what Sean mentioned about the peripherals is concerning like you can be an elite pitcher if you have elite Babbitt control at twenty three percent strikeout rate but once you're getting down to twenty. It's just there's no there, there's not enough room to to outrun that, I think, and that's what Sandy's running into. And now he's walking more guys. I mean, his walk rate's up over 7%. So you're putting more traffic on the bases. You get unlucky one or two times. Uh, I have faded Sandy a couple times. The Phillies tagged him for 13. Uh, and then he's now had back-to-back starts against Bryce Elder, who I know Sean and I are not high on stuff plus hates. Um, and he's a very soft-tossing righty, uh, throwing in 90 miles an hour. So kind of a junk baller pitcher. This is the second straight start he's going to make against the Braves. So there's uh, immediate familiarity there. And this is the second straight start he's going to make against Elder. Uh, And I always like backing uh, the the hitters the second time they see a guy in a week. Uh, We've had a lot of those outings this season already. uh, And that game did go over. They hit Elder pretty hard. uh, And Sandy or Elder gave up, I think it was three solo shots. And then, uh, and then the bullpen for the Marlins blew the game after Sandy was pretty good uh, for the majority of that one. But, uh, that was over eight, closed eight and a half. Now you switch the ballpark. You go to Miami down to seven and a half. Still think it's a little too low. So I agree with Sean. I'm on the over uh, happy to fade Sandy. I just think that you're seeing that the limits of how good you can really be with a 20% strikeout rate. And then right. I guess the other thing is how have you adjusted your projection on Sandy? Cause I know we've talked about this. Maybe it was like four weeks ago now um, that you thought Sandy was a somewhat depleted or downgraded pitcher. If you've downgraded him in in hindsight, wouldn't the market have also done the same?
2: Yeah. I mean, as I, you know, as I continue to factor in 2023 data, he's slowly moving down. So coming into the year, I probably had him as about a wherever his expected ERA finished last year, about 2.6. 2.9. Yeah. So like below sub three. Now I have him at 3.6. So he's a number three starter at the moment.
3: Also the Bryce Elder I have at
2: 4.4. Bryce Elder is like a borderline number four, number five guy. So San- Sandy is pitching like a mid rotation guy. Uh, you you sort of average his expected ERA last year with the number this year is a three point nine. So projections, preseason projections, bringing him down closer to where he was last year for me. But yeah, it's it's all trending in the wrong direction. And if you'd asked me the question a week ago, two weeks ago, I probably had him at three point one. So we moved a full run over the course of a month. We went from two point six to three point one now three point six.
3: Right. And I think a lot of that, also the run environment did did change. Uh, but Certainly.
2: Oh, I'm just, I'm talking about like on the same scale. Yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about the run environment adjusting. I'm talking about on the same scale as a pitcher. The run okay. the run environment adjustment I make after, you know, I, I have sort of like my baseline for these guys. And then I can factor yeah. in the run environment. The, the context neutral, like. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Marlins are favored. Minus 135 full game. Minus 145 first five with Sandy Alcantara on the mound. The team has lost each of his last three starts. In the early part of the season. And the Marlins have actually been playing better baseball. So is he going to be the one that does them in? They've won four in a row. Yeah,
2: they're about 500. They're playing well. well
1: the that's the irony of all this, right? Is that he was a big reason why
2: you wanted to watch the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the Pirates with O'Neill Cruz. The Pirates are killing it without O'Neill Cruz. Like, what is going on? Yeah. The best players on these awful teams are doing, giving them nothing. And they're having their best seasons in a long time. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, I really wish O'Neill was there. The Central would be so much more fun right now.
3: Pirates, they have Connor Joe. They don't need, they don't need O'Neill Cruz. (laughs) Jack Swinski.
2: And you know, they, they, the brother of an NFL first round draft pick. Uh, so they're, they're in good shape. Cameron Smith and Jigba. Maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba can pull a Deion Sanders and give the Pirates a boost, uh, in the, you know, in their playoff push this year. I don't don't know if Jackson's ever picked up a bat, but. can He was at,
1: he was at Red Sox Pirates at Fenway Park in April. Watch his brother play. Cause I think he was
2: on a visit in Foxborough. He's an elite athlete. Just give him a bat. I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah.
1: Okay. DeBundo, you got a couple more and I know you want to have a, a Phillies slash Bryce Harper minute. And and please, when you factor in Bryce being back. So Zarillo thinks Zerillo has shown a little concern that and Bryce didn't do a rehab stint. How long is it going to take for Bryce Harper to get back into mid season form a month? All right. So that's not I, good. I think that's reasonable. I, like, People forget because he went so
3: insane in the playoffs and, and was ridiculous in October. Bryce Harper was hitting like 200. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he hit like 200 with like a 75 OPS plus or WRC plus uh, after returning from injury, he broke his thumb on a, on a fastball from Snell in July came back in uh, late August uh, and he was not very good. He was awful all of September and uh, then kind of found his swing in the first round of the playoffs and and found the power again. So you know, I'm expecting him to be bad. Bryce himself has said that he's going nice to be contract. terrible. I mean, he was joking about it with Dave Roberts yesterday when Dave was like, "Why don't you sit out another week?" Uh, and he said, "I'm going to be terrible anyway. Don't worry." Uh, I think there is going to be kind of a nursing back into this uh, for Bryce. So, but but even besides that, this is the favorable split for the Phillies against a lefty and Arias. Favorite uh, the worst split for the Dodgers against Strom, who's also a lefty. Dodgers project much better against righties. And uh, the, fa- the the strikeout rates from Strom, I can't ignore them. I mean, it's not like an overwhelming stuff guy, but he's striking out over 30% of hitters. Uh, and I know the Velo dipped a little bit. They have been managing his pitches. Uh, they, they, they took him out a little earlier last start after pushing him two starts ago. So they are being very mindful of that. They have all of their high leverage guys behind uh, available to use to try to shut this game down. So I think this should just be closer. Uh, and I would probably bet this with or without Bryce Harper just because the Phillies do have uh, a pretty solid platoon against lefties. They put Sosa, Bohm in there, uh, and uh, hit lefties decently well. Generally, Schwarber hits lefties well, so it's a, it's a pretty decently good matchup
2: for them. Anyway, I just want to mention too when you when you factor in the uh, that Julio Rios also struggled in two WBC starts against Colombia and Puerto Rico. His line this season is pretty bad. He's gotten roughed up in back to back starts now. WBC walks and strikeouts are still good. He's just a weird guy. Arias has never been a pitcher I've been able to accurately identify what makes him great. He generates weak contact like Sandy. That's it. But yeah, it's like, it's Dodgers magic. It's Dodgers devil magic. And they've always had a good defense. Now they're not as athletic. So is he a guy like Sandy without the shift, without as good of a defense behind him? He's just going to completely fall apart. Maybe I, I've always been, I guess, lower on Arias than the market. And, we keep seeing value betting against him here and he's getting roughed up. So I don't know. Uh, I'm high on Stromlo and Arias, but e- yeah, either way, I like the Phillies in this matchup. Yeah.
3: And the Dodgers, like you said, like losing Bellinger, uh, hurts their center field defense, playing Mookie at short. I know Mookie's like looking good. Okay. But like, he's probably not a plus defender there, uh, given that he's never played it. So like there are real defensive downgrades. And I think that has certainly had an impact on Arias. And, and again, it's the question, the ultimate question, like, you're a guy who thinks you can consistently you know create weak contact yeah. you are much more prone to being you know the guy who gave up hard contact for a month or two months or a season uh, if you're not able to consistently strike guys out at a high rate
1: but no you've got one more for us you have tyler wells in baltimore going today and then you got- yeah i mean it's
3: tyler wells day i texted zero last week when he bet against tyler wells and i said it's nothing sacred and Wells shoved it uh, and, and destroyed the bread the Red Sox. Uh, he was fine, but the the Orioles won.
1: Uh, I, I, I <laughs> he destroyed him no, he was I mean
3: is nothing <laughs> is nothing sacred I mean it's Tyler Wells I mean I mean another story of kind of what we've the whole conversation's been about BABIP. uh Wells is doing it again and, and he's yeah. you know consistently undervalued by the market because his uh, BABIP induced is really weak. but the thing I've really liked about Wells is he's cut the walks. Uh, he was cut he was walking you know six seven percent of guys last year. And he would run into some trouble because of it. He'd give up the occasional big home run and it would kind Mm -hmm. of hurt his numbers. But he's not walking anybody this year. So his peripherals are heading in the right direction. He's still getting the pop-ups and the weak contact. Uh, And I love the Orioles uh, in this matchup. So I'm I'm laying the juice here again. I know it's starting to get a little expensive. I think like Wine's 170 might be a little too expensive now, but uh, I like the Orioles.
2: Yeah, I would say the difference between Wells and Sandy and Reyes, Wells is a pop-up guy. He's a weak contact fly ball guy. And even though that may get a little scary in the summer months, particularly once he gets outside of Baltimore, doesn't have that crazy left field wall behind him, protecting him from some homers. But I would trust the guy giving up pop-ups over a guy giving up ground balls without a shift right now. Orioles minus
1: 160, both first five and full game. Okay. And before I forget, again, I didn't, I should have said it off the top, but we've got it. Didn't forget to get to it or Tuesday. And I have it one more for the road. What yeah, like? Chapman
3: has the best barrel rate in baseball. He's plus 430 to Homer in Fenway Park tonight. Pretty favorable uh, matchup. How like Hawk's very good against righties, but he does have a home run problem. So uh, I'm going to go with Chapman plus 430. And then uh, um, Ryan McMahon at course plus 500. McMahon's up to his exit velocities this year. He's barreling the ball a little bit more. Uh, five to one against Freddie. Traditionally, very, very good against fastballs. And, uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie McMahon, Freddie Peralta throws a lot of fastballs, uh, his barrel rate for McMahon, 12 barrels and six, two batted balls. That is double the career, uh, about double his career high. So a uh, very impressive stretch from both those hitters and five to one at cores, always enticing.
2: Uh, co-sign on McMahon. Also a guy with huge home road splits.
3: Yeah. He's striking out more and he's, tr- he's clearly trying to pull it more. Like if you look at his batted ball data, uh, and I, you know, I don't care if he strikes out I'm looking for homers here
2: so 844 OPS at is 648
1: on the road career to are you on Friday I am oh okay we can get to this Friday but the Red Sox and Phillies are starting a series yeah, it's just weekend. a great weekend
3: man I mean same time when I went on two on my pod ahead. picks yesterday on baseball so not great but Sixers never in doubt sorry no
1: you're not sorry I shouldn't I shouldn't have gone there okay Good episode, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I know Zarillo missed out yesterday on our state of the league, state of baseball, um, but I think we worked a lot in. Some White Sox bashing, Sandy Alcantara panicking, Bryce Harper's return, a lot of good stuff mixed in with the picks. Thanks to Zarillo and to Bundo. Sean Zarillo's opening pitch write-up is available at ActionNetwork.com and the Action Network app. We return for the podcast on Friday. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast presented BetMGM. Talk to you Friday. Good luck.
0: Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.